Episode 73 of Tactical Crouch. We are a competitive Overwatch podcast. We're three, two, two weeks away from Overwatch League. Can you believe it? Felt like just True. yesterday. Yeah, I was. It, yeah, that's it, just thinking about that. And our time perception is very off. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, after high school, I. It feels like I just skipped to like twenty five. It's yes. Should I should I make you all a little bit sad in terms of your time perception? I think it was either twenty four or twenty five when it's the middle of your life. Yeah, it's kind of sad, right? It's weird. Twenty five is the middle of your life in terms of time perception because as a child everything drags and yeah. because new experiences like it's it slows down and then when you're bored everything moves so slowly and everything like for adults just in terms of time perception it it's way quicker so theoretically it's around 24 25 it's the middle of your life can can i get existential for just a moment here we go i have serious boys developed a fear of dying over the past like four months weirdest thing ever like existential crisis i had that around very much the same uh, age in my life. I had it after a car accident, though. It was like, mortality in your face! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had something similar, like, when I was younger. I was, I, I, like, very vividly remember, like, not sleeping one night and just, like, being, like, mega upset about, like, some serious stuff around that same topic. But, you know, we're all, all right. Living. That was a bummer. It's a, good, it's a happy thing. Happy, that was happy. a bummer. We're all here. Happy. We're we all here. <laughs> we're all like, here. We're all talking about Overwatch. It's it's hype. It's lit. You know, as the kids say, <laughs> it's lit. Joe just said lit on the show. Everybody take a <laughs> I'm, drink. I'm in a very good mood. I don't know why. It could be the copious amounts of Red Bull I've had over the last couple of days. Might have something to do with it. Fair. You know. Fair enough. You know what I noticed? Like. Do you did you guys play um like organized sports in any way when you're younger? Like I was to a fault. I was yeah. the captain of my football team, right? And soccer. Yeah. Soccer. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and for before every match, there was this excitement, you know, like that little bit of, oh God, it's about to start, you know? And then yeah. also the captain has to say something. We have this you know, stupid like greeting for the other team or whatever. It's mm. always like, oh, like, okay, don't mess that up. I have that in front of uh, um, before every tactical crouch, just a little bit, you know, and like, yeah, not bad stage fright, but like a little bit of excitement. Like, yeah, yeah let's you, go, you, let's you go. Get, let's you start. get some butterflies, you know, a flowing. You're just like, all right, let's let's put on a show. And I'm also, I think it's like even more so because like owls like really starting to get close. Yeah, and it's like, I'm all right, giddy. yeah. I get to, you know, really dive in with those VODs with the replay viewer. I'm about to use that. We, you know, weirdly enough, there's, you know, weird stat site changes going on. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a fun time to be an Overwatch fan. 
It's a fun time to be an Overwatch fan, but um, it's even a more fun time to be a listener of this podcast because we're going to cut the intro and we're going to get right into it. <laughs> you like that? All right. All you right. Like let's that? go. Let's like go. It. Let's just jump right into it and let's talk about the first big piece of news this week. YouTube and Activision Blizzard announced a multi-year, multi-esports partnership that includes uh, the Call of Duty League, Overwatch League, and Hearthstone Esports, and also is a multi-year... Um, agreement about using google's cloud infrastructure which is actually it's kind of actually that's the agreement and the streaming rights are kind of secondary but uh as as blizzard esports fans i think we all gravitated towards the uh overwatch league on youtube bit yeah and i gotta say did did either of you watch the call of duty league last uh week at all yeah I watched a little bit of it. Like watched a little bit too. Hours. It was in Minnesota. It was at the Armory. Like I went to college, like four blocks away from mm. where the Armory was. Minnesota actually has a team, whereas Overwatch League does not. They took the teams out ice fishing, which is pretty cool. Really? That's Go funny. to get a juicy Lucy at Matt's bar. It was like great. Like it was. Oh man, it was so nostalgic. So the, here's the thing: I haven't watched Call of Duty ever. In fact, I'm very anti Call of Duty from all my Halo years. So, mm. uh, but I tuned into an esports I had never watched and a game I never played outside. I played some of the Battle Royale sure. uh, portion of it just because Minnesota had a team. So, I am your <laughs> anecdotal evidence that <laughs> it uh, works. It works. And uh, I'm a Minnesota <laughs> Rocker fan. And which team is uh, Gary V associated with? Minnesota the... Rocker. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is also who's, really cool. Who's operating that team? Like esports wise. It's a. It's a. Um, oh, like the the endemic esports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I don't know endemic? who the endemic one is. Okay. I know. I'm pretty sure it's a venture capitalist firm, though. That's interesting. At the, hmm. at the forefront of it. Interesting. So. Interesting. Uh, by the way, Juicy Lucy is a cheeseburger with the cheeseburger uh, cooked inside. That's not some innuendo or whatever. <laughs> it's not like cheeseburger the name of a, cooked inside. Not, like what? A bun? So you 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 cook the patty. You put the cheese uh, inside the patty. Oh, it's life changing. Huh. Okay, I'm sure. I mean, it doesn't sound bad. It's just like it's it's actually. So I used to when I was in Denver. They used to have uh, fifty nine dollar. Uh, round trip flights from Denver to Minneapolis, St. Paul. And okay. when I got really homesick, I would go there for a day, get a Juicy Lucy and meet one of my cousins at the Nook that's right by the airport and then go back three hours later. Huh. It's, it's that good. Anyways. Hot pocket version. Of Anyways, <laughs> Call of Duty League kind of, they got, they debuted the YouTube partnership on with Call of Duty League. It was yep. really interesting. I, I think um, the really interesting thing for me personally was the fact that uh, the streaming cap is bandwidth cap is significantly higher yes. for Call of Duty or, or for YouTube than for Twitch YouTube, yeah. or even as far as I know, Mixer, at least for partnered Mixer streamers, Mixer streamers have a cap at 10K. Uh, Twitch has a cap at 6.5K, though they let there's some there's some ambiguity in that and some like i don't know uh gray area in that but like for most people it's 6.5k mlg i believe was 
higher higher yeah that was the that was the draw it was yeah but i don't twitch know that it's a specific them, number yeah twitch brings the most people then like youtube like gives you the functionality with a little bit of higher bitrate and then mlg like you max bitrate it looks beautiful but so, i also thought uh mlg was a little bit ahead that's what was the only reason why i didn't watch True. mlg yeah. because when i wanted to watch with people i kind of wanted to be on the same time frame so i went to twitch but i would have preferred going to mlg that's yeah. what i constantly hear like in like weird podcasts where people are talking about uh, streaming rights and like that the weird like kind of streaming war that's going on is the big draw off of twitch is like the back end it is it's yeah it doesn't i mean give it's you the same bit right like, yeah i would love to see a 1440p 60 overwatch league stream that would be nuts um but the so the bit rate is higher. They were streaming Call of Duty League at 25 uh, megabits per second or 25,000 mm. kilobits per second. Um, so, you know, four times higher than Twitch, two and a half times higher than Mixer, which was really great, really refreshing. Obviously, YouTube has much or I, I don't want to say obviously, but YouTube definitely has much better transcoding algorithms. So being able to watch at a downgraded bit rate is a lot more of a smooth experience on YouTube than on Twitch. So technology wise, I'm a big fan, but the big concern obviously is that Twitch is kind of the, the home of gaming and esports, yeah. and less so this year than any other year. You've got shroud and Ninja gone. You've got courage. JD going yeah. over to YouTube gaming. You've got streamers, uh, like Darkness429 and uh, Disguise Toast going to Facebook gaming. So there's this constant pos repositioning happening going on with, um, with, it was, who who was it? So Heroes of the Dorm for Blizzard, they went to Facebook gaming, um, at least for some of it. The Smite League went to Mixer. Both have... I would say I would, I would say both experiments were largely a failure. The I believe the Smite yeah. Pro League is still going on on Mixer, but Probably. um, that tells you how much I know. Yeah, it's it's that that whole esports scene is is like kind of small, kind of niche. It does well for itself, but um, I don't really see it kind of like exploding anytime soon. You know, it it, it did okay if Mixer wanted to get into it. You know, I'm sure it's doing fine but to to john's point like so that's, that's how good it's doing anyways this is really this is much. we're kind of building up to why this is significant here in the sense right. that it's pretty rare for an esport to go off of platform overwatch league was kind of unique in the sense that they had a twitch slash mlg deal right and mm. and they were still able to stream overwatch league on mlg uh, Overwatch League was also very unique in the sense that you had the command center, which I don't know. Do any mm. other esports on Twitch have something like the command center? Uh, yes. League has I the pro that, viewer, yeah. right? League has the uh, pro viewer. Got I it. think CSGO in select with selectios has something similar, but there again, they have yeah. like Go TV that's really not on Twitch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. We're, we're, I, I think a lot of people are a little bit worried about losing that. Obviously, Command Center mm -hmm. was a really great way to view Overwatch League. Um, mm -hmm. The Overwatch League has since said that they're working on and, and looking at ways to integrate those types of perks, including like skins and all that kind of stuff, into 
uh, YouTube gaming, but there wasn't mm. anything official from there. Uh, but what what is interesting, and I wanted to talk uh, to you about Yiska, is that at first glance, your knee jerk reaction. I'm sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus here. Was panic? No, no that's fine. <laughs> you panicked. Yeah, a little because bit. okay, so a um Captain Bad first take. That's it's just baked into my subconscious to, DNA. to just ins- assume the worst and then work from there right um my assumption was just like from going from personal streams like uh certain uh, i can't really recall any names of the streamer platforms but like with mixer i suppose um like p- people go into mixer shroud having like a fraction ninja having a fraction of their viewership um, I didn't quite know what it was for YouTube. Um, Facebook is probably worse even than Mixer. Totally. So I just assume, okay, going off Twitch, you use a lot of... I think, I think Facebook is better really? than Mixer. Yeah. But the huh. the average... Yeah, just just from fear number or sheer number of viewers alone. Mm-hmm. Right? So Facebook right. is so much larger that even though... Like like as a percentage, so many less people are watching a uh, streamer on Facebook. The numbers are still largely hmm. better. And yeah. I've heard optimistic. I Facebook is here in the Bay Area. I've met with some of the the people over there, and I, I've worked pretty closely with some people on Facebook gaming. Not saying that Mixer isn't great <laughs> and isn't getting better, especially with Ninja and Shroud going there. But Facebook gaming has this really interesting kind of endemic random discovery algorithm that trans or that goes through all of Facebook. Mm -hmm. So you can literally be watching a a video and all of a sudden, boom, you're on. And it just be like recommended. Yeah. So anyway, I want to talk about algorithms um, as part of that as well. Just a little bit uh, towards the end of my point, but I was scared that there wouldn't be live viewership. And to a degree, I still believe there's, it's absolutely possible that we are having our viewership, oh, especially totally. with yeah. um, with the uh, loot boxes or not loot boxes, but the, the, the tokens the not being available seemingly at the start of the season. I always thought at least around a 30k, 20, 30k of the viewership was around that. Um, I justified that by looking at the amount of viewers that stuck around at the start of the restream and how long they then stayed later on. Um, maybe that's very like maybe that would happen to every channel that goes offline after a certain amount of time because people just fall asleep depending on uh, on the viewership demographic like it's of course very late in Europe be that as it may um, I looked at the League of Legends uh, stats for Mm. all their uh, national leagues and YouTube was doing surprisingly well especially for Worlds um so worlds it wasn't quite 50 50 but it wasn't that far off in terms of viewership distribution right so okay let's let's assume that for 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 one thing what we absolutely know is the interaction with twitch streamers is like you put that stuff on youtube and then it cross-pollinates or rather like the youtube channel then feeds into the live audience right Mm-hmm. We so that we know that there's a connection. Like I, I'm pretty sure the vast majority of Twitch users are YouTube users as well. There might not be YouTube stream viewers that yeah. might have to change. Sure, but 
of course, selfishly, I have to say, for me as a content creator, it seems very possible. I already saw comments about that with CDL that algorithms will pick up on who watches uh, yes. Overwatch League Live or CDL Live, mm -hmm. and then in the recommended tab that you have the, on the side of your video player, recommends content, yep. esports content that stands in um, connection with it. Now, of course, mm. Technical Crouch is one. Um, maybe yes, I'll look it into... Is. Recommend <laughs> us, Overwatch League. Let's go. Sorry. Um, so there's an opportunity that, it's, in general, I think we need to... Um, a more informed audience is a more involved audience. So, like, if, if people consume more third-party content or just shoulder content from the League, that just entrenches them more into the scene, is my thinking. I think it will be more important to have that shoulder content next season when it's so wildly all over the place in terms of schedule because of the different time zones. Even though we'll have to see how that works out with the complications in China at the moment. We'll see uh, what the solution there is. But generally, I, I hope we can... Uh, have a, slow, a solid increase. I absolutely expect it to go okay, like 200k somewhere at the start of the first day, maybe tops. Then we're going down, and I wouldn't be surprised that if by week two we were at 40, 45, 50k. Yeah, totally. I think that, I think those that's are very reasonable numbers. Yep. I get I, it. I'm, I'm not even shooting for 200. I'm, I'd be happy with like 100 on day one. Mm -hmm. Because again, like you're getting a lot of people who don't really keep up on the off-season news cycle. They're like, oh, Overwatch League is starting again. I, I, I think they're doing a pretty lackadaisical job in promoting the season start. It's a lot of just retweeting old content. They're really not drawing eyes. So the numbers are probably going to be pretty slim early. And again, I think this is a good idea in the long run. One point that I will bring up is the fact that I do think that streamers in general from Twitch might come over to kind of get ahead of the, the game to try and build up a YouTube streaming audience to kind of chase the coattails of the Overwatch League in general. Again, get put into that recommended algorithm. Um, and with that algorithm, I think that we might see a, a, a boost from team content with with the the with the league's rights now being solely with YouTube and that that recommended kind of algorithm pushing more content out there I think teams could open up a a, a big growth um you know it, it's almost like a fertilizer to help these teams see that like they should be making content on YouTube they they make more of it it gets recommended it's this positive kind of feedback loop where they 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 really grow their youtubes and and outgrow you know they they grow their reach they i wouldn't say open up a monetization stream because there again like youtube really isn't i don't no, know if it's it making a ton of people money anymore yeah. but it definitely it's what the most used app in the world I'd, I'd imagine it's one of the most if if not the most definitely the most so, popular video platform however you want right. to use that so it's it's so important for these teams to like have a platform there to have unique content like i want to say in the the inaugural season you know florida mayhem had their you know docu series where they follow the team around and played highlight clips that gets more traction the houston outlaws doing funny banter you know that gets more traction all of this gets more traction because it's on youtube you're already there you use it yeah. in your day-to-day -day life it's going to recommend you that content it's going to get yeah. more exposure 
But on top of that, we also need YouTube gaming streams to be more discoverable as well. I think that's a big uh, criticism of the platform right now is that you can't really find it anywhere. You, you kind of have to dig for it a little bit. So that kind of has to be looked at a little bit. Looked at a little bit more kind of retooled. That's the big thing, right? Yeah. So like I went to try and I, I basically watched two things on YouTube. I try to watch. I try to keep up on politics because I have a lot of like this stuff going on with impeachment and everything else. Don't worry, sure. we're not going there. And then <laughs> uh, the other thing I try to watch too is gaming streams. You can go to gaming.youtube.com and there's kind of a pseudo directory, but it only shows you the most popular games. You can't search by streamer or game. You can't really see if like X streamer is online unless you go to their channel or they're in the recommended part huh. of it i don't think it's going to be an issue for discoverability for overwatch league honestly because i, I have a feeling if you go to gaming.youtube.com or live.youtube.com it'll probably almost always just be recommended be like yeah it'll just be like that's probably got to yeah. be part of the partnership right but for the uh, people who are streaming who aren't overwatch league i do think that that still is an issue and i do think yeah. that you know it shouldn't be an issue finding overwatch league and then finding their streams but I think everything beyond that, I think, is in CDL and probably Hearthstone esports to a lesser extent. But there still is just like, you know, uh, as I would say, um, simplistic and maybe a little bit too far back in time uh, as the Twitch discovery tools are. Of this, like this really basic of like you can sort by most popular streamer, yeah. you can sort by game, or you can search for streamer, or you can search for game. You know, and there's some discovery tools in there and a place to see everyone you're following and if they're alive. Uh, but outside of, you know, that Twitch is largely like very basic and simplistic and YouTube doesn't quite have that figured out yet. Yeah. Um, and I will also say, uh, sorry. Uh, you? No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I will also say, like, I understand when people say, uh, like, um, sip said in, um, in chat that they don't understand twitch chat culture i will say though that there is a definitely recognizable psychological phenomena especially in live streams of a particular range of emotes being treated at any given time so if someone has a sick play and the pock champ comes in channel that is that seems to and i notice in myself seems to activate the circuitry that thinks like okay we're sharing like a an amazing moment with with everyone mm -hmm. it's not much different or it is similar i would say to sitting in the stadium and a, a goal happens or whatever and the crowd roars in a sense it's a zoomer think, stadium yeah yeah it's a it's like an a virtual stadium where the, it's not on the letters, but on the emoticons that activates that. And the emotion. And that's also behind. why, yeah, that's also why every highlight YouTube channel or very many will overlay the Twitch chat over the gameplay action, even if it's not on the stream, because it enhances. It's like a a live react of thousands of people or active participants to that particular moment in time, and it seems to enhance the experience. I think YouTube has a lot to do there. I don't think, like, the cool part about Twitch is that it feels so customized. Like, you, yeah. 
you are, can identify with certain streamers, you subscribe to them, you have their emotes, and then using their particular, that's why PogChamp has nth iterations of all kinds of different streamers, but the general notion or the, like the emoticon needs to express that facial feature and the emotion behind it. And as long as that is the case, the rest is just like uh, identity behind it. So, sure. but the, the general emotion that is shared is the same. And I think to that degree, honestly, this is worth, worth a dissertation. I, honestly, it is. Um, yeah, and really. I think if Twitch, just like thinking long term, if Twitch was to lose out in the streaming game battle, I, I, I would wager it is because also others like got up to speed on that particular aspect because it seems such a twitch-esque invention it's like at the most basic form it's like basically like someone um reading like what what's the egyptian letterings called in the Hier english hieroglyphics hieroglyphics just sitting there and just going like like having a certain emotion to Pictures. It's weird, but pictures it works. of corn. Wow, a hippopotamus. Sweet. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, Alligator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were, we were. Who was it? Who was I? Was it you, Yiska, that we were talking about? How do I even sub this? Is it? Was it you, me, and Dream? We're like, how do we? What's it? Like, you have subscribe. You have join, which is now subscribe. Mm -hmm. Subscribe is follow for Twitch. So you're trying to like figure that out. They have $500 <laughs> stickers to send yeah. if you want. Yeah, I, I think. And I, so I think the overall just kind of like the where Twitch wins, Twitch, Twitch only wins in how in the creators it's aggregated. And the community it's created around it's, I would say, just the, yeah, the, the website culture. in general and the culture and the emotes. Yep. Yep. Take those out of it. I was saying it like if, if all four, if nobody was on any platform and everyone's like day one, where are we going? I, Twitch would be not first or second, in my opinion. I think YouTube yep. Gaming and Mixer are both better platforms than Twitch. I think Facebook gaming and Twitch, you could probably make some arguments back and forth, but it's, um, I don't know. I, I, I if it was going to go anywhere, I'm glad it's here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of anywhere else. I would rather it. the other two. I'd be much more cynical. Yep. Facebook and mixer. I would be like, well, <laughs> it was a good yeah. run. Project A is right around the corner. Luck. Not a good luck. Should be fine. I suppose. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch and see. We're gonna, definitely going to be kind of watching it closely. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I think a lot of people have already discussed it and, yeah. um, there's, I think overall, this is probably a positive deal. Um, we're going to, de it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how people consume their overwatch league now that they have a much more capable VOD viewer yes. right um you know mm -hmm. I, I think it also God. makes it a lot easier to go like a big part of overwatch league and a, a big part of what kind of sucks about overwatch league is if you wanted to go back and watch the vods you either had to go through the overwatch league website or you could try to go through that horrible vod organization that's twitch and 
to be fair, they had them on their YouTube channel, but you were just not tied into it, or they had them. And usually later they were on. they were a bit they later on. Yeah, they took yes. some time, yeah. and they were like trans codes of the Twitch stream at stream, I think, so that the quality wasn't great. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um. So yeah, it's it's I, I'm optimistic about it. I'm excited about it. Um. Yeah. Should be. It wasn't should like be all right. uh, Overwatch League was breaking any. Well, actually, they were technically breaking viewership records, but we won't go into that. Well, but okay, okay, and also keep in mind, like I'm waking, slowly waking up, or to the realization we are, we're honestly creating something that doesn't fit into our yes normal notion of esports. Yes, we have an entirely different audience with different preferences, with different demographics. Also, I would assume in terms of gender, mm -hmm. um, we are um, simply. Like the the lessons of esports apply to a degree, I some, think. But they're we are still very different, and to learn that is is going to be challenging for content creators, for um for the league itself. Like you, I, I think esports experience only brings you so far in terms of where the league is trying to develop itself. Mm -hmm. I think this this esport could have worked endemically and yeah. promoting it endemically. That's not where we're going and it's an interesting um, experiment now. Mm -hmm. But YouTube could therefore fit into that entire uh, ecosphere more better than yep. our like already slightly like bend from the norm Twitch culture. Yep. So um, yeah, I, I think in general, it's just it's very on brand. It fits the yeah. brand. Yep. That's, a, that's a good way to put it. That's, that's a great way to put it. Let's cap it on that then. That's a great place to end it. Uh, best of luck. We'll find out in a couple of weeks if it ends. <laughs> Even up. that, I wouldn't. I, I like. No, we will I be able to make our assumptions and know it all in a couple of weeks. <laughs> First two I'll days you, is though. all I need. All right, I'll, I'll tell you though, John, if if the Overwatch League has like 15k viewers, I'll sit here. I told you, I told you the minute it you happened. can't back out now. You already you already flip flopped once. I can flip flop myself one more time, once. and I have to take you out with the laundry. So okay, fair <laughs> enough. Let's talk. There's there's a couple roster moves. We're actually not going to discuss them because we've discussed the teams already, and I don't think that they actually affect. One affects the teams, but we're talking about them next week. The other one doesn't. So the Valiant have released Slur, who is now known as Provide. Uh, Slur like did that, make yeah. a comment. Largely, it seems to have been due to some very inappropriate comments made uh, over the course of the past few years. Yeah, he provides racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. There we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yiska, Yiska said it. I'll let you just I go mean, read the comments for yourself. They are vile. They, they are, are vile. vile. Yeah, they are vile. Um, but uh, not but. Sorry, not but. They also said, uh, they they provided a public apology about it. You can also go Google that as well. And yep. you know, we're we're not we're not getting into that. We, you know, it's that um, it's that <laughs> that's it's bait. That extended that's index bait. figure. That's uh, bait. That it's the uh, yeah the the Tom Hardy uh, Mad Max that right there, GIF right there. That's bait. That's bait. 
We're yeah. not going into that. Also, Fearless yeah. joins the Shanghai Dragon shortly after Envy retires. <laughs> this is going to be a great one, but we're talking about Shanghai Dragons at some next point week. over the next two. At some point over the next two episodes, who knows? Maybe they'll end up in the power rankings this week. Maybe they'll be next week. Tune in to find out and don't listen to Joe ever again. Ever I'll again. I'll also have you know, I already, like, d- during the last 10 minutes, I was already bullied by a coach who I will not disclose who it was. Was like, you have us there? What? So, we'll that sounds like us. somebody... Hmm, that's... Mm, that seems like it's very on brand for somebody. Won't okay. name names, right? Won't name names. Sure. Mm. Mm, interesting. All right. I don't think it is who you think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, I'm just memeing. It's power ranking time. Woo! Here we go. It's time to discuss some power rankings here. And it's every it's everybody's favorite time of the year. Power rankings. Power rankings, power rankings, power rankings. Uh Wolf introduces power rankings <laughs> this last week. We're not gonna we're not gonna go into a but I, I mean he's making surpri- Bear Hands some money, I tell you that. With those takes, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> that was such a funny tweet. Oh man, let's we're gonna delay power rankings for a second and just say <laughs> So Wolf, uh, Mr. Clown. So uh, so Wolf went ahead and put out his power rankings this week, and there were some surprising ones. Uh, it was uh, Florida Mayhem were up like seventh or eighth. Uh, Fusion were down around twelfth or thirteenth. I think those are the big one. Uh, Toronto was at nineteenth, which is the one I actually hated the least out of all like the controversial. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> So there were there were some pretty controversial uh, picks there that I, I didn't necessarily love, but um, I just want to know why. Yeah, I don't really care yeah, that I they're that low. I, I just even, like, but why though? I, I even asked for clever, clarification because power rankings, like if you're being honest, power rankings, like from a from an from a literal point of view what we're not what we're doing is not necessarily power rankings they end season rankings right yeah. power mm-hmm. rankings usually refers to what is the power level right now now if yeah. that's the case i still wonder who's talking to in korea because he might just have very different information about the scrim box there particularly i'm surprised that sold is this low on his list if he actually has scrim box and is talking about washington what justice about like fusion I mean, that is, that's yeah no that's, that's I, I would i would put money on that like i will put a, a large sum of money that that does not happen i would put yeah. all of our yeah. patron and ad money from a month i'm just kidding yeah. i don't know that's I don't use box from a crack house yeah but yeah, yeah. it's that's, man i don't know but yeah. even but even with Impossible. like power rankings right in the truest sense of the term how can you look at the philadelphia fusion and the roster that they've built and say that they are worse on paper in power level than the Washington Justice or Chengdu Hunters for that reason. That is, that is, that's difficult for me to see. And that's why I'm like, okay, but why, why do you, where, where are we not thinking the same here? Because this is like night and day. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, uh, proxy wolf or wolf or sorry, wolf just, uh, you know, posted those out. I posted them in chat. 
Um, they were very interesting, controversial, whatever. Power rankings at the end of the day are less about the ranking, more yeah. about the justification. And 100%. whatever, I don't care. Give me, give me your shit power rankings all day. I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but bare hands, I, I can't. I, I don't know if it was shortly before or shortly after posted and goes once again. The Overwatch League preseason power rankings from the community <laughs> and finger quotes experts are way off base. Since I'm not with the team, looking forward to making a lot of money by exploiting this. And the comments How much money are, can you make out of a team that went six and twenty two? I wonder. <laughs> All right. So the comments were really funny, and I think I he he set himself up to just be like, "LOL, remember Florida Mayhem?" LOL. So, uh, yeah. anyways, I don't know. Which, which, to be fair, I don't know if anybody else is going to say this, but if you go back and watch our episode with Albert, the 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 GM, general manager of the Florida Mayhem, currently. He makes it uh, in, a, in a third party kind of proxy intimation that it wasn't his idea to do this. Wasn't yeah. his idea to go fully Korean. So whose idea was yep. it, guys? It wasn't his idea to sell the squad that eventually half made up Valiant to that made it come back. The, the squad that beat the Fusion University in Contenders ended their their dynastic run. Wasn't well, his idea. So what a shit tweet. At least put your uh, uh, your opinions out there so we can ridicule them or ch or praise you for it afterwards. Like, ju just ju say that. Mate, yes, every one of us could make money of that. Season yeah. one, I checked. I could have made, m like, unsensical amounts of money with that. It d doesn't mean anything. I think it's, it's probably illegal enough. for me to they, bet, but they, I'd like to. just wacky. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's very. I mean, he's probably he's not wrong in the sense that I it, it well his his kind of major point I guess I would say was that um, the, the people who are taking bets on Overwatch don't have a lot of insight and are likely very influenced yes. by community power rankings. Totally, it's True. a real opportunity for anyone that follows the scene and isn't contractually prevented from hey, placing bets. DraftKings, uh, what's some other ones? Betway, get in touch. It's it, the thing is it's it's so volatile. He he was baiting right people now. with that though. Like yeah, I mean oh, it, it is bait. Yeah, and that's you know we're we're back to it. That's bait. So I, I was very close to hitting RT on. Oh, the gauntlet is so predictable. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then oh, oh what Atlanta? What? Oh Atlanta? What? Atlanta? Okay, I take everything back. Yeah, Jeez, remember yeah. that, hands? Come on. Bro. Oh, I got him. Boo! All right. Anyways, uh, that was fun. But that's your friendly disclaimer of power rankings are just ways to they're, they're more for fun. provide context to yes. your yeah, justifications. Yeah. Yes. So yep. numbers on numbers next to teams don't tell me much of anything. Tell no. me why you think read the conclusions and remember the yeah. first half of last season I finished third, I think, in power rankings. I'm a fing idiot. Anybody yeah. can do it. I can run the yeah. ringer on bets. But look at me. I'm not, obviously. I'm just trying to make you lose money in your bets, bare hands. <laughs> there you yeah. go. All right, let's talk That's about... That's actually the reason I'm doing bad power rankings. That's why I have Shang Du solo. That's, uh, we're going to get there. I'm all in on Shang Du. We're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. But first, I do want to talk about our first team today. Our first team today, uh, we've actually, two of us have already rated them already in the bottom yes. 10. 
but one of us has not. We haven't discussed them at length, and that is going to be the Los Angeles Gladiators. For myself, at 11th, Joe, 12th. Yes. That Andre. seems low. Yeah, so I, <laughs> 10th, um, 11th, and 12th it, for all of it's us. It's not 11th, but... There's reasons. There's yeah, reasons. 10th, 11th, and 12th. I mean, come on. That's pretty pretty close. And not all of yeah. us had to... Not all of us had the privilege of putting um, Chengdu 16th and get yeah, that right. spot back. So, okay. Let's just yeah, slow enough, our enough, roll for a second. LA Gladiators. Let's talk about them first. So the Los Angeles Gladiators uh, are largely a very new team. Um, just Big Goose and Shaz holding down yep. support here. Let's, uh, Yiska, because you've got them rated the highest. I want, mm -hmm. I want to ask you why you've got them in your top ten. What about okay, what about so them sells you? What's the selling point to this roster? I think. Um, so for one, I think they have a pretty amazing coaching staff now. Yes, they got um, they got two of the most six I or what I consider to be success, the most one of those most six or two of the most successful uh, former contenders coaches in um, face and um, Faustus. Yeah, curry shot, deep curry shot, curry shot. Yes. yes. And um, in that regard, like I think Faustus is, oh, that's the third name actually with AT uh, yeah. back in the day. Um, that seems to be a very, very good coaching staff to me that um, should be able to at least strategically get a lot of out of them. Also, mm -hmm. when the meta changes often, I think those would theoretically be flexible enough to adapt to the, those situations totally. more often. Or quicker, 100%. so that inherently boosts their rating. Um, before before line, we get off coaches, before we get off coaches, would you say that the coaching staff is their best lineup? So if we take supports, tanks, DPS, would you say that the coaches are the best? I, I comparatively to the others, yes. I, yeah, would, I, I think the this. the coaching staff is the selling point to this roster. It's not the DPS. No, I think the support this, line. No, you won't see me defending the DPS on that right roster. Right now, if we get back to old ar uh, meta archetypes sure. where this where the DPS aren't as important, mm -hmm. um, that could suit this team. I think that tank line has potential to be very good, though. Sure. I wonder how flexible uh, space could will be, yeah, and I yeah. think off tanks will have to be very flexible. Mm -hmm. But this almost serves as a justification to me to not put them even higher. I think OGE has amazing potential. I think space, if we're actually in a diva meta, like that is, um, and by the way, whoever said that, that's not what I heard. I heard one team plays, um, or the one team I heard about that played Ryan Diva was um, Vancouver. Like that's, that's, mm. I, I don't have an idea on, on the entire... That's the reason why we don't have a Scrimbox stock exchange article yet. Because the meta kept changing so much that there wasn't anything meaningful to say. Now, I kind of conceived of it. I'll just give you all the information. Like, they were good there, were, weren't good there, and then mm -hmm. th that sort of tells the story about uh, adaptability. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, in terms of that, 
it's possible apparently to play that. I'm not sure if that's actually established meta. I, but that's a good thing to, to super tangent. But that's a good thing. For we're having disagreements. Well, not mm-hmm. necessarily. I'm just generally for the league. Mm-hmm. We're, we're having disagreements on, oh, we don't think that hero is good. We think this hero does a better job in this role, in this position. So that's what yeah. we play. Uh, yeah. Disagreements, I think, is is really going to give people the uh, versatility in hero diversity that they want. I'll also say, like, I heard, uh, for instance, Amito say, like, McCree's still... Um, like too vulnerable. I've literally heard Overwatch League coaches say he's invulnerable now. A lot of people. Like, so what I'm hearing right now is is a lot of McCree. So a lot of McCree actually being played, and he's very good. And he's basically he basically kind of toss. There's some teams still trying to like exploit Hammond Wrecking Ball and stuff. Mm-hmm. And between McCree and May, you're just like, well, yeah, you yeah. can't dive into that. What do you what do you do there? Right. Yep. So. It's not live, but people, of course, are... They're screaming uh, at PTR. Oh, is a uh, 50 HP McCree got reverted? Got okay. reverted. I see. Yeah, okay. Um, but they're not still, screaming at PTR, I don't think. I don't think they're screaming 250 uh, all the time. Well, not all the time. No, 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 not all the time, but I think I mean, yeah. some of their scrims are probably yeah. split. Um, yeah, well, other than that... Gladiators. Okay, Gladiators... Um, so I I think there's some questions to the front line, especially like in terms of like okay, can OG actually pop off and um and pro- like deliver on the potential that he was pr- promised to have by so many coaches now? Yes. Um, then I think their backline is just solid. They're probably not never going to be like a liability for you. Uh, probably also won't be elite. Um, nope. I don't think they were ever elite. Nope. Honestly. Um, and then, yeah, the DPS line is, of course, like a, a colorful bag of skills. Um, I'm being told Birdring is finding himself right now. And it makes sense to a degree that yeah, of course. like, once you get him out of that, um, that environment that this happens, um, maybe he is just like a stone the entire season and we'll, we'll have to see how, how this works. Um, the other, the other two are question marks for me. And as we heard with uh, what Depay said, like they still have a slot open. It would, um, I would see that to be like either DPS part or if you need another off tank, uh, depending on the meta switches, whatever. I don't, right? we'll I don't see. know if I agree that Mirror is a question mark. I think he is. Honestly. I think we've seen him in GOATS play Zarya very well, but I, I haven't seen him lately do anything. With any other heroes, I I, I really is Reaper and Hanzo were fine, slip above average. Sure, but the thing is, what what's fine and what Doom, context? I mean, is Doom like, like I, I, but I mean, he doesn't have to. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that he has to be a top five. Sure, flex DPS I, to to make this a top ten team. To be fair, like, and I had yeah. I had them at eleven, and I actually wanted them at ten, but I put Toronto Defiant twice. So, um, you know, there's that. I just I don't know. I think people. I don't. Birdring is the question mark for me, honestly. I, I'm the resident idiot, but like, I, I I think we know Jaru's hero pool. And I think yeah. that on those heroes, mm. he'll be fine. If he has to flex off that, sure, question mark. But if he gets to stay within the heroes that he's comfortable with, great. Birdring is a uh, 
mental nightmare. I think it's, uh, I think that whole lineup is a mental nightmare. I, I don't think this DPS line is incredibly stoic in the slightest. I think OGE can be paired within that as well. Um, and, and that's my big point. I think where we differ the most is how important a DPS lineup could be, especially this season within Rolock. I think DPS in general have gotten a lot more um, theoretical uh, kind of investment of like where you're going to place your money. In what roles? I think in the past, tanks and supports are, are, were your your money your 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 money ball players, if you want to call them that. Um, you want to get them. Well, if anything, it was the DPS, but you would put more investment into your tanks and supports because they gave you the most value, right? I think this season, in general, I think you're going to want to have strong DPS more so than any other does, meta or does season. Mirror, does Mirror have a May? I couldn't. I literally. I don't think he does. And a uh, Birdring uh, played do or not Doomfist uh, Reaper. In Reaper May meta, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so even before that, like I know Jaru has a May. Jaru is the only one that I know that I, that yeah. I feel like I've seen extensively on May. I I, I yeah. really dislike. So this. I'm I'm assuming that they have Reaper probably wor- or sorry Mirror That's... working on May. And they want Birdring to stay kind of on that flex because as as it stands right now, May is pretty staple. Yeah, hundred percent. And you, yeah. you're comparing them to the strongest conference. Like we, we'd all be in agreement to say the pack is probably the stronger conference, right? Yeah, in Pacific, yes. sure. Right. Yeah. That's difficult to me to say that this DPS lineup. Yeah, Mira might have been good before, but when you're comparing him to Chengdu's DPS, Charge's DPS, not Spark, Soul's DPS, Shanghai's DPS, Shock's yeah. DPS, Titan's uh, DPS. Not close. Not close. It's not close. It's not really close not at close. all. So whatever, wherever we're but at with the only DPS ten line, teams, <laughs> there's only ten teams in Pacific, right? So like, I I well, get that, the justification for ten. So I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't hate ten. I, I I think, I think again, yeah. our disagreement comes in on how much we weigh the DPS. I weigh them a little bit more. I can't. I um, wish I could argue with you more on Mirror, but I'm just I can't. I can't. Can't hold a. Can't I, I, I don't. I don't really yeah. have an argument so much as I don't think. I, I no. don't really see him doing all that much. I think he'll be fine, and that's where they fit. Play-ins. Yeah. Just, just to be to explain, I feel like I have to explain why I don't have them higher, not why I don't have them lower. That's really. Like, I think, yeah, that's that's my feeling on this team. I get I that. Know. I, I kind of feel and so. I was. I had to step out during like the tank conversation, um, mm-hmm. but. I think something that gets missed too is that OGE wanted to go to the gladiators and he wanted to play with space. Like that was, that sure. was the big deciding reason. So like, yes, you're right. Could it's, it's a volatile there as well. And OGE, um, I don't know. I think he, I think people overplay how he underperformed, but on a, pretty, I mean, he was on a pretty mediocre team. Let's face mediocre it. Guys, roster who is kind of, be making a name for themselves for having really frustrating coaches to work with. Uh, so, you know, like I, I don't want to write off OGE is just not coming to LA gladiators and popping off. We saw gladiators. I think they performed to our expectations, but I would say they still kind of outperformed overall last year. And I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, just the coaching staff in general. Depay, yeah. shoulder check jokes aside, 
has they've, really they've assembled has a clearly found a way to set. make that. And you you talked about it earlier. Curry shot is you know yep. largely we've had multiple coaches come on the show and talk about how he is, if not one of the best, the best strategic coach, yep. for sure, Western strategic coach, uh, in the game right now. That's their strongest lineup. And I, I, I like agree. And tanks. I do. I agree with that. Their coaching staff is the strongest lineup for the Gladiators. If there's any team that is going to squeeze blood from a stone, it's this team. If you're looking for the team that wants to be more than the sum of their parts, and I don't even think this roster is like all that bad, but if they're going to like really it's outperform, it's going to be the coaches, hands down. Do you think LH Cloudy plays wrecking ball for this team? Uh, that's hard to say. Maybe if that's being run and it might be run like later in the season when that is changed and stuff. But um, I actually, I actually kind of think that they'll probably trade him. I, I think recall, he'll, I think he'll be trading. I recall some, some aspect where he talked about like having to be on ball duty and how, how there was an issue with him having to flex around that during his Paris stint that made it right. so he feel, felt less confident in his overall level of play because he couldn't really grind into a hero. Now, I'm not sure if that has anything to... I, I, sadly, I don't recall the source of that uh, information, but I'm not sure if it really had anything to do with uh, Ball and his... like him not having, wanting to play it. I think it's more that you kind of want to know your role and what you need to grind into and then right. become good and at his that. his role was just always changing. Yes, yes. Um, gotcha. Yeah, by the way, I, I said something dumb earlier saying like uh, the Gladiators could be using their last um, roster slot on an off tank. Of course not the case uh, because I think it's actually quite a bit of a vote of confidence that both the pay and also Curry Shot being their, his former mm -hmm. coaches brought him back. Like at the very least, you, what you can say is that he's probably a glue, pl uh, glue Who, player. Who's he? Bishu. Bishu. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think I, really I don't think don't Bishu see him is playing. Play. I think Space is the the wonder king here. I I think even, it depends. Even with that, I I he, doesn't he have like a nagging like health issue that he has to kind of like keep in check? Sure. I that yeah, I but think that that's doesn't. My big thing. That, in the locker room, you want to have him be the Mickey character and, and be that glue guy. Totally. I, I'm all for it, but I, I really struggle to see where he finds playtime. Yeah, I mean, that the thing is, that doesn't bar him from grinding into a, into a specific off-tank role that, like, we, we, I think we can expect that there's some inflexibility in space. Yeah, we know. No, I, I, I'm like that's that's my that's my podium. I, I think that space in general is is leading the pack when it comes to like questionable flex tanks. We've only seen them play Diva for such a long time. Where can where else can they play? A lot yeah. of people point towards World Cup and and his Sigma play and uh, the USA winning gold medal. Sure, but I mean yes, but that sort of gave him a lot of wind up time to learn that hero. Sure. When he and this is not an off tank, so like maybe there's less transitional property. But when he was asked to play Sombra, another yeah. player that was comes in, take taken over, and it's not like this kid had any like large experience on Sombra. Like mm -hmm. we heard, we had promise on the show saying, okay, I needed to teach him that in in three days. So like teachability, especially for off tanks, I think Sancho is right, and I think we. we uh, 
like we said it earlier um like the, at the end or like at the start of the off season this was always going to be the case that like if patch changes happen very often it's very likely that it's going to be breaking uh sigma and then also it won't stay on diva for as long as it did beforehand so the the off tank hero pool the skill sets you require in that very specific hero pool is wild yep. and like not just in terms of like mechanical abilities that you need like think of what kind of intricacies you need to know or like little texts you could know on ball for instance like every angle like you're learning maps and whatnot but it's not just that you also need to learn different play styles per hero we've already seen that some some players excel at aggressive play styles on a hero and then deflate when they have to play more defensively so it isn't just that and the the entire like for instance i'll tell you right now i don't think many people uh think janu like from from overwatch league talk, coaches i've talked to will excel at that either they th all th th uh, thought his sigma wasn't amazing like he's he's basically known for his diva and they don't have confidence in him being able to pick that up and they wonder why they the titans didn't pick up in a second off tank so i think satcher is exactly right in saying that this was will be a focal point during this entire um season where you need either one player is hyper flexible flexible or a player that has like a solid hero proof like two or three and then you have another player that grinds Both. two or three different all heroes and then you got it all i i just i just i can't agree that so the, the what i'm gathering here is some uncertainty around space and i just can't agree with it but yeah uh, I, to I, a degree i just yeah, I but say. to and also to be fair they've got bishu to keep them accountable and honestly <laughs> they've got like and I, I, I'm not saying Bishu's great or anything, but I just like I don't I, no, it's I, not I don't a question of skill. quite comprehend why space is a a question mark here when you've got OG, you've got I, I think their DPS is far more volatile, but even that oh, I think totally. Mirror, I think totally. Mirror is I, I trust Mirror more than Birdring and Jaru as far as I do as well. But even then, I don't think he's like a strong point in the conference or in the league. I think for the team, it's he's 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 going to be fine. He's going to be like the the Shaz of DPS. Like I don't think he's going to go out and feed. But is he going to win you a game by himself? Whereas a lot of other teams have very I very think strong he will. DPS. Once or twice. I don't think it will be a regular occurrence yeah. and not as regular as Bertring used to do it in season one hundred percent. Right. And with space, it, it, I go back to the question with the Valiant. It's like you, we ask the, the league is going to ask you to be flexible into playing Sombra, into playing a DPS. He couldn't do it. They brought in another player that could do it. Why is that? I think there's a question of flexibility, and I think we're going to have to apply that to a lot of other flex tanks. And I think yes. we're going to have to apply that to supports. And I've been yeah. saying that for a while. And Fair we also have precedent cases where they showed immense flexibility such as yep. uh, Fury. Totally. Yeah. All right. Or Hotba, to be fair. I don't, don't want to get flamed too much by YouTube comments for my <laughs> thoughts on Gladiators. So gonna, I, I think if, if you're, if you're going to criticize space, you're going to catch flack. So uh, be prepared. Well, I'm not criticizing space. I'm on team space. Anyways. All right. Team space. All right. Let's go on to the next 
team. And uh, this is one who Joe and I agree on. <laughs> Yiska. <laughs> What's happening? Yiska does not agree on. Uh, oh. <laughs> team number two is the Chengdu Chung Hunters. Hunters. Uh, the Chengdu Hunters. It is. Yeah. Dude, I'm uh, ready to slap with this team. Yeah. This, so, so this team, um, they brought on a new support duo, Molly and Lengsa from LG Uhuya. They um, made some coaching changes, to be fair. Uh, REI no longer at, at the helm here doing some co-head coaching roles with Ray. And uh, sorry, Joe, you're going to have to do KB. Oh, Dokebi? Yeah, it's like a name from Rainbow Six. Got it. So, brought in uh, A-Ting from Nova Monster Shield. Signed leave. Like, uh, you know, they've they've made some changes this year. I think would, to say the least. I think one of the the big signings, though, I want to talk about their signings first, and then we'll talk about the overall team. The first one, I think one that I think garnered the most interest overall was the signing of support duo Molly and Lengsa from LG Uhuya. Uh Joe, you, you were helping frame this for me a little bit as I was trying to do more research into Chengdu. I was asking how do these mm. feed in um, fit in with Yivatol? Uh, what's, what's your thoughts? Or, actually, we talked about a totally different team, didn't we? Uh, um, we did. You, you sent I'm me. Vo- this is what you sent. This is what you sent me vods for. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. Sorry. So uh, I'm just dumb. To 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 clarify, uh, are we including leave into their signings? No. No. Because okay. they they I, I would, they went, I would argue they that technically he's the more went free agent and came back, right? Uh, I think they had to put him as like a streamer and then they announced him as like officially joined yeah. the team along with so, the announcement. But uh, yeah, so he was. Yeah, let's let's talk about him anyway. But let's, I, I let's, think he's he's the most important one here. Sure. So he's the most important new name. So let's but let's yes. talk about Molly and sure. um, Lengsa for a second. Uh, do how does this how does this duo fit in, in your opinion, in this team? So. This is these should be very familiar players if you watched contenders, um, especially the live events. Um, they played for the team that bottomed out. Uh, arguably, shouldn't have ever been there in the first place. But this is the team, LG Huya, their acad or their former academy team. Um, the, they they bottomed out. They were supposed to do well. I had them doing well. They they sucked. Some other Chinese team that I'm not going to get into did way better. I figured they were going to suck, right? Weird role reversals. Um, Molly has been a standout player in contenders. Langsa is is okay. I, I think he'll be fine. But I don't really see him playing over Ivatol ever at all. Um, the big one comes in. The, the big question here is that flex support with Kyo and Molly. I like Molly a lot. Um, there, there's two big Chinese flex supports coming into the league, and it's Molly and Coldest, which we'll get into. Um, I've been a big fan of Molly. I think he's very flexible. I think he's more consistent um, and still has a lot of firepower. Um, kind of has a carry, almost Jonak play style at times, but can dial it back and be more supportive and, and kind of play other heroes, whereas Coldest is very much, you want to put him on BAP, you want to put him on Aimers, 
and 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 let him kind of do a lot of heavy lifting, right? Sure. Kyo last season, if we're looking at just pure stats uh, as much as we can, did not perform very well at all. I don't think he was detrimental, but um, wasn't wasn't a standout performer on a role that you're, you're. I think you're going to really have to invest into the, this season in particular. And I think Molly is a nice addition. I don't think he's going to blow your socks off, but I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty a pretty nice improvement, a pretty sizable improvement over Q. Interesting. Langston, yeah, not so much. Langston, I, not so much. Yeah, I talked a bit about with Kenobi um, since he's, you know, doing all the contender stuff for China. Mm. I try not to ask Joe all the questions about China because I just don't want to, like, say things before Joe's going to say them anyways <laughs> on the show. And uh, yeah, he was very, he said a lot of the same things that you did here is that, um, well, like, you know, Molly and, and Ling So are probably the, the top duo in China. I mean, obviously, like, Coldest is, I think you could argue, maybe one of the, the most prominent sought after. Uh, I think it's like 1A, 1B. I'm yeah. not as fond of Coldest's tendencies to feed and his decision making seems very poor. His Which, aim argue, would I would say is better. I think he does a lot more like damage is affecting the game a whole lot more but Molly is the consistent factor. Yeah, well that's, that's the big thing is that they didn't like really stand out at all and I was actually so I was watching the VODs you sent me and I just noticed mm. I'm like Watching the kill feed, I'm like, these guys don't show up on the kill feed as as much as an assist feed as much as other support duos, but everyone yep. ranks them so highly. So I had to go back and watch again and look at other parts besides the kill feeds and alt usage. And I was like, oh, yeah, this actually makes a lot more sense when you watch it from a different lens that these are much more, I think, methodical, patient, and, and which is, uh, I think, a little bit weird, too, for China, who kind of tends to go press W sometimes, I think. In, in Oh, yes. They're very much about <laughs> pressing W. They're all so, about pressing W. Uh, it was really interesting to me when they're like, oh, yeah, Molly and Lingso, like they're they're probably the, the best support duo that they have in China. And I'm watching the thing, and I'm like, why? How? And I Yeah, I don't know if I'd say the best. I sure. think they're up okay. there. I think they're within like the top, but I think like uh, Coldest and Miko probably were. Sure, yeah. I mean, that was the one that just they... Just a pairing. I think right? that they As were pairing, signed by that I'd time. i give it to... Yes. So, um, but yeah. So, I... Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Like, it's... Nice it's, a, it's a nice upgrade. They're adding depth to support. That I Again, this is something that I weigh quite heavily. Um, adding more players to your roster is going to be good as long as you can facilitate it. And that's where I go. And I don't know if that's a transition into coaching. Um, but I, I, do, I do have questions at coaching. I, I do have my worries. But in general, in theory... A deep roster this season in particular is going to matter a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. Sure. I will also say to defend my placement, part of the equation of putting them solo was that they would not move in the transfer market. Yes. Um, and I lost on that gamble. That's fine. I think more realistically, I wouldn't put them at 10. I would probably put them, I think, anything from 13 to 11 would I probably be in range. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think it depends on how you view leave. I think that that is a very, yes. um, that's a, that's a gamble and that's a gamble that I'm taking. Um, mm -hmm. 
but a lot of a lot of the criticisms especially sideshow's criticisms um that that definitely do impact the community is the questions i maintain you know we've seen among play wrecking ball to a great level he has played a lot of different things in contenders but we can let's let's write that off as contenders and he's just a ball one trick hypothetically what happens if we play winston what happens if ryan hart's meta that's where a ting comes in a ting is the the circle uh peg to fill the circle hole it's the it's a very obvious fit it solves a lot of the questions that the community is posing to hunters I, I i really struggle to see how a 12th place team that has very obviously to me at least upgraded the roster goes down that's that's where i'm that's where i'm looking at this i don't think a whole lot of other teams have done massive upgrades if anything i think the league in general has gotten worse I think the team has improved and I, 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 I've given them credit for it. Yes. Head coach leaving. That's a big, that's that a big, worry the big question. 100%. And how much 100%. of the, how much of the team identity do you think was put, put in RUR and their ability? And I know Yiska, you want to talk a little bit about patches. Um, I don't know if it was about the frequency of patches or just patches yeah. in general, but we know like, yeah. in a I think that changes a lot. I, honestly, like also for Chengdu, I think like the idea that just because a team got better, like you got to look at the last season and think, okay, did they get lucky with the meta that was chosen? Okay, maybe in Chengdu's case that wasn't wasn't the case. Um, we don't know. Maybe maybe a lot more t- lower level teams become better at the comp if their comp actually becomes meta. No idea. It's possible, but um, like the thing is. The, the context is now different and you I, I think there are possibilities i'm not sh- i'm not saying that's the case for chengdu but sure in general like as we see now mm-hmm. that we are seeing a lot more patches come in it's ptr two weeks later live ptr, PTR yeah. two weeks later yeah. live and while i'm not sure that we keep that two week cycle by the way this is okay so here's my hypothetical right and this is a sort of slight tangent, even though it's it's sort of a meta discussion that should be consensus in power, power rankings. Mm, mm. But for people that played uh, World of Warcraft, for instance, they mm. know that before expansions launch, systems go live in the main game, right? So um, there's something new, new skill tree, for instance, is new skills get put in, in before the expansion. So new then talents. you get you get basically a a point five patch of the next expansion without the content. Yep. I can tell you, like, I, I and I don't have any in, inside knowledge here. Like, I was trying to dig what the what the um, what the information would be for this development announcement and of course everyone signs up the wazoo with an nda and nobody's talking but what i can like the the assumption is um that or what i'm assuming is why is it now that the patches can become quicker so one prohibitive nature that that i've heard about in the past is just like the engine is was not suited to make quick changes very quickly right also, who's making these changes? It's developers. Yep. But the, but the developers work on Overwatch 2, so how could they have more time to make the patch notes? Yep. Now, to me, that's an implication that maybe we will hear something about Overwatch 2 uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it is also an implication that maybe they fixed something with the formula of that. Like, for instance, I know that we we heard during the after the first season, like we couldn't get top down views of certain maps because the the client would glitch out for stuff like that, right? Mm. Or um, like changing things within that code. And let's not forget, we are playing a former MMO, right? Playing a like basically like we had this rock that was supposed to be a normal and someone tried to shizzle like a True. sweet game out of it but they are cracks let's be honest you're talking so about titan get... by the way for people who yeah, are there the, the, yes. the titan mmo that was scrapped and now yes. and became overwatch so now we need a uh, or we're we getting a new engine and we know that i'm not sure if that new update would entail the engine Maybe it's just the back end or whatever that makes it easier to um, influence or patch this in some way. But this is basically my um, my thinking. Like I made the tweet and it was like two weeks ago, I think. It's like, okay, so for one, my idea is, okay, they are changing quicker. How is that possible when it wasn't possible before? Oh, A, either they have new or more manpower because Overwatch 2 is largely done for those developers, balance and whatever. Or two, it is now much easier to do balance changes because how is that possible? Because of an engine upgrade. And I don't think that a new engine will come in before the season because that yeah. would be a competitive integrity nightmare, I think. <laughs> I think that it's changes it's almost more than, sure. uh, than, than patch changes. Yeah. I think like... The, players having to adapt to new visuals is honestly quite a big deal. Um, Huge deal. Maybe. Yeah. Heroes um, are probably going to feel slightly different too. So yeah. Figuring out why they feel different. Could there be yeah. box changes? Like even like just that. something as simple as field of view, right? Yeah. yeah. So it can be so drastically different. And then I, I think maybe they figured something out how they get quality data out of the PTR or they just found out we don't need to and we can just like try more have more iterations and we see like even the pessimists like are currently like okay nice we're getting the 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 patches right it's coming it's coming and um yeah that's my inference of course could be super off like this is not a, like if i had anything to report you damn well, well know that i would make my uh, my employer some money right yeah. but that's just my inference so how does this affect changda um, I think like if the game switches more, okay. I, I don't know much about the coaching staff. It's all to a degree unfair because it's definitely arguing with the gaps yes. of what I have. I think this team would have been way better with, uh, or had the potential to absolutely exploit that situation of an ever changing meta with, uh, Ray. Yes. With Ray. hundred percent. Because he is like, he did weird. He's been doing weird yeah. forever. Yes. I had to find the button. Sorry, kids. <laughs> so in that regard, um, I think they lost a bit out of that. Yes. I also wonder how, how they just like how good they are scrambling. I agree like that DPS line is, uh, is pretty sick, honestly, in terms of like just Jimmu is nuts. Um, like probably not talked about how elite he actually is. Yeah. Um, now I, I will say like and I said this very early on when people were starting to realize that Jinmu was actually quite good once you put him in roll lock with a with a meta that is uh, not stabilized but with players 
uh, with other elite players that are going to mark him to to be able to match him very well. I think I think that goes away. His Doomfist and Far are among some some world class names, but once you start to throw in other heroes, he has a pocket made that he's ran in the past. Um, I, I think he. I think that stock starts to go down a little bit, and and that's where I have the uh, the soul read that I think Leave is going to fill in that because if it let's let's face it if Leave wasn't here, I definitely probably wouldn't be putting them at tenth with Bacon Jack as their only other DPS right. So I'll also tell you, Joe, if so Leave is actually still super nuts, that is one of the saddest narratives in esports yep. because we would have legitimately. Simply by the scene structure, lost an, a UZI type uh, narrative of mm -hmm. like a super sick Chinese damage dealer that stands tall above his peers and just like transcends that particular role simply because we don't like to have 16 year olds in the highest tier competition. Yep. Like we've lost three years of excellence from this kid. And that would like that would be shattering, honestly. How how much sucks does that suck? So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how much sucks does that suck? <laughs> that was very German grammar that went there, but yeah. And that's that's the the fun thing about him in particular is that you know Overwatch goes through this dry spell. He's not of age. He he goes and plays PUBG, comes back. You know, what team does he go to? He goes to Chengdu to kind of have his his previous team kind of uh, reassemble. And now everybody's basically left him and he's stuck on his own. Mm -hmm. Also, OK, now I have this voice now in my head that just tells me nobody knows, knows who UZI is. Like you're talking yeah. to over 50 percent who've never yep. had any sport detection. <laughs> so just to briefly explain, in League of Legends, there was a there is now a legendary AD carry who's still nuts, who's super mechanically uh, advanced, arguably the most mechanically proficient player in history. If we like Faker, yes, very mechanical, but I think Faker also in part has something to do with just his general um, awareness of it. Maybe UZI wasn't as smart about that, but in a region that wasn't amazing when he already was, there were two Chinese players in League of Legends that stood out during like as like legendary characters. That that's uh, Wei Zhao, right? Yeah, and UZI. UZI, like if you go now to YouTube, like there's, for instance, if you look at the Rise um, uh, music video, like there's this character of like a, uh, um, a Chinese guy dressed up as Vayan fighting the protagonist of that um, um, the video of that video, and he like Leaf could have been that he could have been he that transcendent. To be fair, yeah. But we, we're missing like two years of history, like yeah. one or I don't know. I think even for, for a solid while, he quit the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he didn't left even really all play of, that. All of MY left because of the dry spell. They, no, nothing in Overwatch was happening. They, they left on a, on a very sour note. I think they forfeited their last game um, in some like third party kind of Chinese tournament and then went to PUBG. Yeah, honestly, like th this could reshape the entire idea we have of Chinese Overwatch. If this kid and then he finds a couple of guys to play with, we have international events. Suddenly, Chinese Overwatch definitely established 
second best scene in the world yeah, during that well, time with transcendental mm. talents that could possibly be in talks for a goat. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's sad. Go back and look at your, uh, what was it, Owl Pellets team? If you took like peak Mir uh, Miraculous Songster and you took peak 1246 with Ray's coaching staff and allowing him to, to kind of fill out wherever he feels like that he was, you know, deficient at. I, I really do think you put that under the the, the Chengdu Hunters or whatever franchise you want, and I and I think people would be shocked. I think I think yes. there are some actual talents. How deep is the region in terms of talent? That that is a question for another day. Spoiler alert: not that deep. Um, but you yeah. there there is a there is a solid team to be made from China that that people won't expect that that can do well. Will they win? No. Will they make playoffs? There's a good chance. But in, I will also I say, don't underestimate the impact one team could have on a region. Yep. Like we've seen it, for instance, in CS, there was this one guy that just helped his entire Brazilian scene to become great. His team became the best in the world, but he also helped like two other Brazilian teams to um, to elevate their level, become top ten, top twenty teams, like not entirely selflessly, because whenever he needed a new player, he took from these teams but then again like the scene had a had a renaissance of like amazing play was probably the best at one point in time in csgo like that could have happened in china wait when you have one world beating team the scene currently thinks okay wait that's possible from here and it i i think again like if if miraculous youngsters actually has more ways to prove themselves and leaf is stays actually this like that good for this talent. long he is yeah, a good candidate that, that's he is, yeah yeah and that's, that's i it. i tweet like i'll i'm you'll you'll see me retweet this uh, hopefully um i think it was towards the at tail end of last season you know uh, leave got announced to be signed to the chunk hunters and i retweeted and said this is say hello to your future team old mvp at least he'll be a candidate but Joe in short, 16th next. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's a segue. I, th I think it's, I think it's shocking that people put them this low. I, I, I think I'd be okay with anywhere from like 13 and up. Um, yeah. But I, I really struggle to see them below 13th. Yeah. I, I think again, people are going to be surprised again. Um, you know, I'm going to be told that this team was built poorly. Yada, yada, yada. I'll, I'll see you, you know, We'll see. We'll see who's, how who's going to be the lord. We'll see who's how who's next to lose. We'll see how the China teams <laughs> are uh, affected by the coronavirus stuff too. True, because that 100%. that throws a whole new wrench into what, it does. what travel does. looks like, what being yep. at home looks like. So we'll just have to this wait was and going see. to be like a home team wherever they were going to play in China. This is the Chinese team. This is the only fully Chinese team. So if you go to Guangzhou, that's a home team. If you go to Hangzhou, yep. you, that's a home team. It's, it, it, it that does kind of fuck them, right? <laughs> we, we we have to move on. Yes, yes. And we need to talk about this next team. Uh, this <laughs> next team has not changed a whole lot in the last four or five months. It's the Hangzhou Spark. We all have them at nine. Look at us. Yeah. That's that's the what 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 was last year? Fuel. Is the only one that Dallas we had all agreed the only one. I think. I we, think obviously our number one is probably we're all in agreement. Number there one and our somebody's. number twenty are all the same. Yeah, 
Um, number one, number nine, number 20. Number one, number mm-hmm. nine, number 20. Was there... I don't know Did if there's we any... Agree? I don't think... We were really close on London. Sure. Um, but yeah. Number... Yep. So we're... Anyways, Hangzhou Spark. Uh, <laughs> largely staying the same, adding Coldest and Mika to their support lineup. They are at 10 players on the season, but mm-hmm. largely not, not changing a whole lot. They finished last season third, fourth. Cl- uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, they, they finished really high, but we're fourth dropping them fourth, down here. Ninth. Um, and we should probably talk about that. And I think the first yeah. thing we should talk about is uh, Coldest and Mika. So Coldest and Mika come in here as, as we kind of discussed earlier, um, arguably, if not absolutely the best support duo in China. This is a team though, that outside of Gushui, completely Korean players. Yep. Okay. Of course. Of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, adding two new Chinese players to the roster here. Uh, Joe, you seem to think that despite Coldest being regarded as the best carry support in China, mm. that he may not see as much play in Overwatch League, and we may actually just see Hangzhou stick with IDK and BB instead. Yeah, I thought that, I that think, was really interesting, and I want to hear I, more about your thoughts on that. I think there's a lot to be said about Coldest. I think he is very talented. Um, but you're plugging a Chinese player into a mostly Korean speaking roster. That's that's like, you know, skeptic eyebrow raise number one. You're then taking Bebe out, who's obviously played with this team for a long time, has also played with a lot of these players like Godsby for, you know, extended amounts of time. You're removing that synergy away from the roster, right? You're inserting Coldest, who has a very distinct playstyle, who demands a lots of uh, of resources. Kind of not needs to be babysat, but you know he needs to be planned with in mind, right? You can't just throw him in and expect him to work because you're going to uh, probably see him die a lot if you do that. He's going to walk forward. He's going to flank. He's going to trans for safety and not for the team. Um, or or lamp, depending on what what heroes are, are being played at the moment, or fade off cooldown a little bit too much and be abused. Um, he wants to do damage. With all of that in mind, I do have my hesitations on saying that Coldest is going to see a ton of stage time, especially at the start. Um, later on in the season, come playoffs, yeah, there's a great chance that he could see play. I think, just in terms of talent, I I would say that. He's probably more talented than Bebe. I think mechanically he's better than Bebe. I, and I, I think Bebe's not bad. I think he's quite serviceable. Um, but I don't see IDK moving. I like Mika. Uh, I, I, but if it's a battle, if we're going to think binary about this, I, I really have a hard time seeing IDK off this roster. But there again, with the advent of travel and yada, 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 roster depth is very important having more supports than not is, is a good thing. So having coldest to is, is a good thing. I just, okay. So I just don't know about coldest. Here, here's a, here's an observation I made in my, in my, uh, future foretelling. Okay. You, you know, know how, I, 
how you know how, I, how my tea leaf said that um, Sebi Albi would be washed uh, somewhere in season one, and I had yep. that as a topic with um, with Sacho as like a to um, refute this. Mm-hmm. That actually ended up being a season too early. Now, when Godspeed got, came in, I said that kid is washed. <laughs> I think this kid is washed this season. I think he's not great. Yeah, I think. I, okay, so to be fair, to defend him ever so slightly, I think he's going to benefit a whole lot more from being out of goats. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to sure. be a role player, just like he was in playoffs. He's going to he's going to shadow step in and immediately wraith out to try and bait out as much resources and as he can. He'll do fine. Worst case scenario, he feeds, but I think he's a role player. He's like an Eska type person. He seems to Maybe, be yeah. uh, uh, a pretty vocal member, seems to be pretty important to the, the, the way that this roster has been built. It wasn't subbed out at all last season, even though his aria was hot poo poo. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he'll do okay. He'll be a role player. He'll be a workhorse. He benefits a lot from being out of goats. I'll tell you that. Okay. So like hint, hint, I don't think his backup is also that great. No, like, his DPS is pretty like, That's the, that's the downfall of this team is the DPS line. The DPS is not great. They're flex, yeah. they're flex DPS in general, whether it's Adora, whether it's Sashin, who didn't really say, see a ton of playtime last year. And his label is a flex, which is, Kind of true. Did play a lot of Devo, but in the past is a projectile. Yeah. Um, not great. Not great. Again, workhorses. Um, if if you look at Bazzi on, on Doomfist, wasn't great. Wasn't great. Yeah. Um, all serviceable tank line, super sick. Gusha, great. Rhea, great. I'd like to see a little bit more depth there. I'd like to see a, a, a standout DPS player signed to this roster because they could be very, very good. This roster in the midseason, if they make just a couple of moves, make a trade here and there, you got a lot of supports. You might want to trade. That's that's the hint, Joe. Though they, I've heard they've signed a DPS player, and I'm not convinced, dude. Yeah, that one, I'm not sure on either. Well, we'll have to see. But I, I think midseason, you've got some depth here to play around with as a resource. I think you can make mm-hmm. some trades. I think you could get a, a pretty sick DPS on this roster and do very well. So, yeah, I think this is, this you guys are ridiculous area. about Gosby. No, you guys are just, uh, just really quick. Sashin, I think, could be a hydration type of player for the spark next season, as in like he flexes onto tank, tank worlds instead. Yeah. I think that's maybe the case. If like nobody, it's, it, it's, it's weird that we don't hear that much from that entire front much mm-hmm. at all, right? So, but yeah, like if there, that's, I assume that because. I've heard that another DPS player is coming in. That's five DPS players. Yep. That's Outlaws in a nutshell. Yep. Someone's got to move, dude. Like, yeah, we, we'll see. I, I don't think they, they sell their DPS. If anything, they probably move them down two way because they're not going to see a bunch of play time. Um, and even then, they don't really don't have very many like hyper specific players like Adora's kind of just, a, again, a workhorse. Um, Sashin, yep. again. It is role flexible, but is that super valuable? Bazi, he yeah, Bazi he a- has he has some widow. He has some widow to him. If anything, you know, I know Broy loves to to talk about the potato chips, but if we could get him to play flex support, I think that would be great. But uh, I don't see that happening. 
Um, I think they need a very specific type of player. I think they need a true like flex projectile DPS. I don't think you need like a colorless flex type player that can play a whole bunch of different things and do them all very well. That's going to cost you a lot of money. I don't think that that's feasible for Spark at the moment, but they have a lot of power and tank. They have a lot of power at support. Godsby's like, okay. He's always been just okay, whether he was playing with Time Boy and he was just being X6 Gaming's literal bitch. Like, I mean, he was playing Farah. They had a Tracer bot and Godsby was on Projectile. He yeah. did fine, but he's always been the guy who's like, oh, I'll, pl I'll play that. No, it's totally fine. You want to play Tracer? Totally cool. I'll play. Oh, Zarya. I can play Zarya. Not really, though. And he's he's the role player of this team. He does okay for himself, but he's not like some standout player. If you're gonna see a widow, it's gonna be Bozzy. Uh, Godsby's not great. No, not great. <laughs> I like Godsby. I just don't you think know. he's like some sort of shut up. DPS. Don't backtrack it. Own it. Do the Yiska <laughs> thing. Double down on it. It's it's fine. Like suddenly, finally, Joe is on my side because he's been a bit of a Godsby fanboy for the longest time. Yeah, so. no, ah, I, I've I've thought he was he's very flexible, and then you know Zarya hit, and I'm like, okay, Godsby, you're on, you're a little bit washing, washing to the washing machine yep. with me. <laughs> I yeah, oh man, I can't. He's been laundry fired. Somebody call Clorox. I just disagree. I'm just. I'm saying you need to sell, sell the stonks, boys. This is not the this is not the year. He'll do okay. He'll do okay. Who the hell are the top eight if the Glads and Spark aren't? You're about to find out, sir. You're about to find out next. Well, maybe not next week. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna find out sooner or later. Sooner or later. Like next, because that's what we're going into next. Oh, so, oh yeah, the entire top eight. Oh, Joe meant. Yeah. Yeah, that was the disconnect. Okay. Anyways, give me the eight. <laughs> I mean, top five for everybody. Am I getting mad? Am I going to get mad at Joe at any point today? I don't think so. No, I don't think, I don't think so. so. I, I, think honestly, I think we've gone past Chengdu, and I think outside of Chengdu and I think Florida, if I'm yeah. thinking right. Yeah, I think we're me, all pretty. We're all close. pretty close. I think yeah, Florida yeah. was pretty off for us. Everybody else has been really close. Dallas was 11 two. through 14. Dallas, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Toronto was in within 13 to 17. Yep. But overall we've been we've been really close. So, anyways. Should we yeah. talk about the next one? Let's go. All right. The next one. Soul Dynasty coming in at number eight for myself and Yiska. Number seven for Joe. So the Soul Dynasty here, uh, one thirty-four forty. Time stamping it. You're welcome. <laughs> the Soul Dynasty have obviously made some uh, pretty big changes. I think <clears throat> overall. Yes. Uh, yeah. you've got half of the, <laughs> you've got half of the London Spitfire coming yeah. in here with Prophet, Jester, and Bedotion. Mm -hmm. Jehong no longer in the mix anymore. Fleta gone. The team is just, uh, it's, 
not the lunatic high we have grown up to uh love uh creative promoted to uh what oh joe all right okay anyways we're gonna get there we're gonna get here but uh anyways the little bit different we've got a different roster here and i think toby stands alone right for lunatic high yeah that's the last remaining last remaining boil so anyways i mean i don't know let's 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 talk about the elephants in the room first uh yiska you're not allowed to speak about profit at all for this episode you don't get to say a single thing <laughs> you gotta kill me for that <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the the first the first big signing i think uh here would be profit yeah um yiska yeah are you a fan of profit here yeah okay great Honestly, next okay joe so, so yeah, what right. do you think <laughs> No, but but okay. Like, I think one fun thing for me to do would be like I did my power rankings last year, right? Like long, long ago. <laughs> no, it's not okay. Of course, the more information I get, the like everyone that's like a solid Bayesian thinker rethinks their uh, yeah. positioning where those people are based on the information they receive. And Soul is a team I would rank higher. Why? So on my I didn't have Fitz as like a really, really good talent uh on my um what is what are you doing? What is that the Fitz browse? I think the stock exchange might be calling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's the stock exchange browse apparently. Yes. Okay. I can I cannot control them voluntarily. I had this with friends in the past where it's like do that thing when you concentrate. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. I cannot. I cannot. That's just like involuntary. So, um, yeah, uh, I think they're the DPS lines. Uh, honestly, like, forget about el- uh, illicit. Not yeah, going to not play a role in this. No. Fits, profit, nuts. Like, this This is one of the best DPS lines. In Arguably the, the best. We, we, we'll have to see, but this is is honestly like i think they struck gold there i think they yes. like they them committing to them um is very good like the best starting dps line we would have to say and that has a big caveat because i think like having solid like the best selection of the best four generally is very very valuable over having the best two if that makes mm. sense yeah mm. so uh dps no problems here um Tanks, well, okay, here we are getting into interesting territory. One, <laughs> we only have one off tank, and that's sure not even seeing who that off tank is is a problem, I think, uh, for the reasons that we discussed earlier based yeah. on diversity requirements this season. Um, the tank itself, not terrible, not transcendental at all. No, no. gesture, I think that's the one where. Like, I don't know, like, I hope he finds himself again across the season. Once again, yeah. from what I've heard, not starting the season all too well. Um, maybe even Marvel starting ahead. I'm not, uh, I don't know. Um, that, that I really don't know. Mm. Backline? T- 
Toby only main support? Yeah. Okay. That's a that's an ancient uh situation. Honestly, like he's not Chris bad. Let's say this. No, I wouldn't even say <sighs> Where is he, Joe? Uh he's he's like around like gladiators feeling like I if you look at the conference in general, even not in a, great. Even in a Lucio great. meta? I, I think he's fine. I, I think, I think everyone probably, that's just that's, at least caught up in, in term, like yeah. mechanical ability. They're way better Lucio players now in the Overwatch League. Like uh, Lee J gone, Astro, yeah. like yeah. Moth is probably like, he plays slime. weird, but like you know that when they yeah slime Masa. is like the transcendental talent there. Masa is very mechanically different. Even the Pepega players have great mechanics, just don't know when to go in most of the time. Yeah. I think like in terms of mechanics, Toby has been um, nothing special. When have you? No. When's the no. last time you've seen Toby play Lucio? Uh, like. Honestly, wait. I can't. I can't remember. Did he, did he not play in playoffs? Playoffs? Could be wrong. It's been yeah. a minute, guys. It's been no. A minute. Did, uh, yeah, like it, even I mean, even then, historically, he was never like leaping off the page in terms of just mechanics. Lucio, no, think. but when you're comparing to a a, a a role that has seen a lot of increase in depth, he kind of falls down. Um, I think he's fine in a vacuum. I do like Toby, but when compared to his peers, he's not what he used to be. Yeah, no, no, he's like Toby used to be what Miro was for Winston. Yes, yes, used and to be. the same fate. Not not exactly the same fate, but a similar fate has reached him. Where, yeah. like once again, like we don't know if you're getting a Lucia meta. Now you gotta put a put a boy on Baptiste. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you can make a difference there with uh, very good mechanics. And if you ha have to have your... Like, it could just be the case that they're just playing creative and Bedosin, Maybe. Um, also, Possible. like, keep in mind, uh, we've talked about this last episode where, like, the, this idea, like, where Christopher said, okay, this main shot caller coming from the main uh, support position, that is really not that much the case anymore and is also not desired and definitely not lived in Korean teams for the most part. Mm. So like, yes, there's intangible value in having a veteran like Toby in there. I'm not sure that it comes from the shot calling though. Bedoshin shot calls too. Yes, that's, yes, he that's where it comes yes, from. He does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, th that's more interesting. Um, Bedoshin like season one crazy player like right <laughs> like in the entire okay so yes Jonek was the best flex support in 2018 yes. I don't know but because flex support then also in the playoffs went to as far as Roadhog yep. Doshin showed it all in that regard so nuts in that season 2 <laughs> just draw that spitfire yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, well, look like a brand new player. Like that anyone was anyone else but Krillin starts. <laughs> like <laughs> for real, dude, that was rough. Yeah, I think he was below average performer. Not sure if that was actually the case. Once again, players um, exist in the context of their team and are in as such indivisible from them. But just like from the output that he actually delivered, he was not great. 
We'll see how that changes. Once again, reunited with uh, Changun as their head coach, uh, season one championship winning coach. Maybe he has a formula to keep these guys in check. Possible. Um, yeah, in, in general, I think also just the things I've heard go into that direction that they could be as high as like six, five, some, something like that. Yeah, I think it's it's possible if uh, the scrim bucks are, you know, are positive, if the tea leaves are coming back with uh, them good, good, good vibes, I, I, I could see it. I, I really could. I think uh, their tank line, yeah, gesture has a lot to 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 kind of prove. Um, I, I will say, I wonder what profit looks like without his duo buddy. Um, I think that'll be a first. There's, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. There seems to be a lot of reasonable depth at all the positions, and assuming that nobody yeah. just completely falls off the map and is completely like, you know, they lose four fingers on their hand or something like that, like. This should be, as you said, this should be a team that, that finishes well. Definitely a team that could just straight up qualify for playoffs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Bypassing play-ins, even. I think the biggest thing is uh, being in the Pacific. Yes. Yeah, that's so, tough. Uh, that's tougher, tough. Definitely tougher matches overall, but are you guys at all worried? So there's there's this kind of um there's a storyline being fed right now to the Overwatch League community that bringing on three London Spitfires mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. um taking on uh apathy and a, a culture of mediocrity after a team who squeaked by one season one but not because people really felt that they were the best team more than yeah. the meta fit them and Suited came in at the right the point yeah. in season two, probably much more performed to uh, like their, their skills and the caps, but, but still this kind of this idea of like London Spitfire combined the two best Korean rosters into one roster. And then, mm. You know, outside of getting the actual championship, hasn't produced these or prolonged results. That bringing these three players on doesn't allow e any of these three players to be able to uh, move beyond their London Spitfire roots and or whatever you were, however far back you want to go with yeah. the roots, and ultimately come back to. We've just moved some really great players uh, who had some issues, whether it was with uh, their individual play styles or their the way that they communicated or whatever. They're now back into a point where none of them can improve to a level because they're, uh, in a way, tied to each other. Mm. I, I would agree with that that sentiment that uh, what uh, Gen G has done is ripped the soul out of London, no pun intended, and put it in Seoul. They've taken their three arguably best players. I think you can definitely talk about Fury there, but three top performers on that roster, put them on their team with one of their coaches. And now you inherit a lot of those same traits. Very punchy, very meta dependent, 
could be inconsistent, right? But I'm going to use an anecdote that Yiska likes to bring up from time to time. And it's this idea that if you take a student in, in, in anything and you put them around the best students, if you take a problem child, let's say, and you put them at the smart kid table, they're going to inherit they're going to inherit this 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 drive this this uh mentality of of teamwork of of working together sharing ideas and they'll they'll adopt that over time that's how i'm projecting this team to go i think they're going to be very punchy very inconsistent early and i think by the end we should hopefully have full strength profit bought into the soul system whatever that might be and ideally that's how this works i think that's a very apt anecdote if these were the problem children for london we put them in a new system we give them a nice honeymoon phase and say beautiful you're on a new team new system you can buy in if you have success if you don't that's fine you that's something that th these players are going to have to face we saw that in season two it wasn't great but these are championship players they went from gc busan one apex season four one apac one overwatch league season one these are winners now they've just suffered their first loss, right? That's going to do something to someone. That's going to kind of kind of spur on a mental reset. And putting them in soul hopefully accentuates that, accelerates that a little bit faster. But I so, would agree with the narrative. Just to address like the community concern, I think it is reasonable to ask if there are problems that are not fixable or soul doesn't have the tools to fix sure that is very reasonable because we don't know what actually went wrong in season two no. right so um i also don't know i can look at the, this we can speculate this, but yeah that's yes. hard to say like i can look at the star uh, at their players and go like okay yeah i recognize there was something incomplete last season i couldn't tell you if the soul system um like fills those holes really couldn't tell you i can tell you what i've been hearing about their performance i can also not tell you how good their coaching stuff is i don't know what Cheng chengun does initially in season one i was told not much other than temper people um sure. i was told that the rest of this coaching stuff that we know of also don't do much or much sensical stuff and then they have three analysts who I know nothing about. I don't know who they are. And sometimes the thing is, a team is invisibly carried by one, one individual that isn't on the forefront of anything and just like is like the guy that just understands Overwatch and just tell the, tells it to the people. Then maybe those coaches are good at teaching it to players or whatever. That mm -hmm. might be a quality they have. But... It is entirely intransparent to me how good that coaching staff is. And it is intransparent to me if the sole players that were on that team already are the things that uh, this London Spitfire roster needed to fill the holes that they had in Season 2. Or if it's just a meta situation or whatever it is, it's entirely intransparent. I trust what they are currently doing much more than... Um, what the this past told us i also think saying they were championship type players also only has so much value in overwatch because the same can be said for my goodbye the same could be said for your jay hong sure average the same could be said for eska 
never made it there. Like, <laughs> right? It's it's like we can use these tools, but they're not great at predicting whatever is happening. Of course, of course. Of course, this season generally is super volatile, and um, in that regard, I I don't know, and we'll have to see. And generally, like imagine just like the 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 aspects that could be coming in now think okay once again i have to say no spoiler no leaks no information but hypothetically <laughs> what if the, all the chinese homestands take place in korea because yeah. of that situation like they haven't closed anything or to my knowledge don't have the issue there mm -hmm. so what if for instance an ogn or whatever would host the homestands in that country would that not change a lot for them in terms of practice quality and like travel schedule and whatnot wouldn't that ridiculously like that's way better than what the, the deal deal justice has right uh -huh. so we'll have to see there's so much that could go right or wrong and generally like we're with basically like we're in the vast ocean and we found like driftwood and we'd like tangling and on trying to get to the shore to understand and make power rankings. But really we're like the next wave could just blast us away. And maybe the next wave is the coronavirus or the next wave is a patch or the next wave, you know, whatever it is, sure, but it's sure. entirely and unpredictable. These, these teams in like the six through 12th also tend to have some very volatile aspects to them. Yeah. You know, where it's like, we're talking about them. It's like, they, they should do. I mean, even looking at this one, right? Like imagine a world in which profit can't play at all anymore. What happened? Like what happens in a world where profit just falls off a cliff and plays even worse than he did with London. Yeah. That's a, uh, like great with London. Do take that back, sir. You know, <laughs> continues to disappoint everybody, including his, uh, not me. Cry into his he can never no, he had a good never disappoint. I mean it was fine, but yeah. like I was disappointed that he didn't pick up Doomfist, but that's as far as man disappointment. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you put him on May and you're like, well. But uh the there there's just a there's just a lot of volatility in these ones, it feels like. There's mm -hmm. always just like, what if this thing doesn't happen that should probably just like happen? One fatal flaw. Yeah, there's like this one thing, and as we get into these top teams, there's that less of away. that. But yeah. there's, you know, even like again, Chengdu, right? We're, we were just talking about Chengdu and about, um, you, you need know, leave to be good. Yeah. You, you, like, what, what happens if leave when... isn't good? Or you talk yeah. about Hangzhou, like, what if one of their tanks can't flex onto a needed meta hero? They have no depth there. What does that do? So that's where we are in 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 these like six to twelfth mm. ranking teams. Where like honestly, any of these teams, I, I feel like if everything goes the right way for them, you know, are, are top teams easily. Mm -hmm. But cool. also teams are like, oh man, you could be a playing, you could barely eke into play-ins if if you if you you know f this up. So totally. let's hope they don't. Let's hope they don't do that. We need to keep going through these. We're going so yes. long. One hour and <laughs> yes. 54 Just minutes. get an extra long one, guys. It'll uh, be okay. Three teams or four teams? Three? Two? Uh, we have two. Okay. Two teams. <laughs> the next one we're going to is the Guangzhou Charge. Myself at sixth. Yiska at seventh. Joe at eighth. 
for an aggregate mm. of seventh. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this team, and we're going to do that by I think talking about probably and this is the team. This is the team that I didn't get to like spend. I was even talking to Joe. I was like panicking. It was like forty minutes before the show starts. I'm like Joe. I've been up all morning. I've been trying to get all my thoughts together, and I'm like I ran out of time for Kong Show. <laughs> and so. But I I do know this, and I know that Joe, you mm. are super high on Krong. Yeah, I think uh, it does not get talked about enough. I think this team in general doesn't really get talked about enough. Um, I was very wrong in my uh, season two estimate of this team. Um, I I like a lot of pieces on this roster. I think um, my gut is still hesitant to put them higher, um, for a lot of the same reasons I had them last year, but that they proved me wrong then. So I, I believe that they should do that now. Um, I like the coaching staff. Uh, they just signed Creed from uh, Shanghai Dragons. Um, and if he has anything to do with their stage three run, I think that should be a, a sizable bonus for this team who already had like a su- pretty surprising, uh, strong strategic mind. Um, they, they were quick to get off the goats hype train they started to play a lot more DPS on control. They started to play Sombra. They started to play Doom a little bit. Um, some of those strategies didn't necessarily work, but they were they were quick to get off it because they knew they were not going to uh, beat some of the best teams. And I I, I mark that as a a, a strong point. Um, but if you look at each member of this roster in a vacuum, I, I really do like it. Maybe outside of Chara, Krong, sizable upgrade over Hoppa, um, and and just a bunch of just just individually talented players. Can they come together? They did last year for the most part, uh, definitely peaking in roll lock. This season should be much of the same way. I think this team's going to do very, very well. They did have the great strategic coach in Curry shot. <laughs> whose Jersey is for sale by me. Cause he's not with them anymore. But, uh, do you think that that factored at all into how well they did at the end of the season? <laughs> Definitely. Um, that definitely helped them along, but um, I don't think that losing him is, is a death knell. I, I think that they'll, they'll do okay. I think they'll, they'll definitely make do without, but uh, yeah, exciting team to keep your eye on. I think this is the year, you know, barring any kind of crazy nonsense happening um, in Asia. Uh, this is a team that I think people are really going to start to, double down on and and become fans of i think shu is under criminally underrated um i i think i've swayed enough opinions with twilight i think it's time for shu to get his time in the spotlight because people are uh just completely sleeping on him i think he's one of the best yes what do you think about guangzhou we got him right i think uh their dps line is really solid um, with some question marks, but uh, it's fine. I think they still have a p- potential. It's hard for me to, of course, like rank the uh, the Chinese uh, or like Waya in that, that regard. Like, I how is he pronounced? Ouya, like Oolong. Ouya, Ouya. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's a hard one. Psychology. Not that it matters much. Not, to be honest, say the P. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I'm asking, um, but I think 
Neptunu Shu could be very good yes. as a back line. Yes. Um, Especially if we're going to see BAP. I think Neptuno and Harry Hook have this weird, I have this weird crackpot theory that two former, you know, uh, two former players that have had success in very aim heavy heroes or, or games. I, I think they could pick up BAP pretty, pretty quick. I'll say though, if I, if I had to evaluate my pick, it's either stay or Lola. Mm. From what I know now. That's fine. That it? I think it's a strong team. Yep. It's think, just a good, uh, yeah, it's just a good team. They didn't, you know, they're not changing. I mean, they're changing quite a bit, but the, I don't know, just kind of like the overall identity of the team doesn't feel like, if you watched them last year, I feel like you kind of know mm. what to expect this year. I'd like to see another main tank. It's not that I think Rio is bad. I think Rio is another person that's like kind of slept on. Very flexible. Yeah. Played a lot of different heroes. Looked okay. Looked serviceable. You know, something that can't really be said about a lot of tanks. They always have that one character that's just like, eh, maybe we don't put him on that guy. Um, Rio does it all and does it all pretty well. I'd like to just see them build out that depth. That's my big, that's my fatal flaw with charge. I want to see a little bit more depth at tank. Krong's good. Rio's good. Give me somebody else. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll have to see. I don't, yeah, this is, I think, one of the teams where you just kind of got to trust the paper on this one. It's a little hard to... <laughs> I, I, I think that their DPS in general is kind of how I'd like to build a, a hypothetical team. You have a hyper-specific player in Happy. If there's mm -hmm. a Widow, you're going to put Happy in and he's going to just dominate, right? Yeah. You have Nero, who is a lot more flexible, has a specific hero in Farah, but can flex to a lot of different things. Played a May. I wasn't super big on his May, but seems like he's been getting better at it. And Eileen, again, not a colorless flex, but very flexible, solid player. Um, not somebody who I don't think is going to blow people away, but has a specific hero in Doomfist, has a Farah, Sombra to a degree. Good player. I really like how they've set up their DPS. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Well, well structured. All right. Should we go to the last one we're discussing today then? Sure. Let's do it. All right. The last one we're discussing today is the Vancouver Titans. Dum, dum, dum. I've got them at seven. You two got them at six. Uh, yes. Vancouver Titans have um, definitely made some changes this year, but I think yeah. everybody agrees that, at least here, agrees that overall the changes combined with the improvements other teams have made gets them a net loss mm. over the year. Added Fissure at main tank. No more bumper. Added no more. Jay Hong behind Twilight for probably way too much money. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where the Vancouver Titans are at. They've, um, definitely, um, changed up their coaching a bit too. Obviously mm. Harsha down in, uh, Houston now Houston. for the outlaws. Yep. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think that this is a really polarized ranking. I think a lot of people are, uh, yeah, weirdly enough, have, I'm, I'm have very strong opinions about how high the Vancouver Titans should be. Mm. But Yiska, I, t tell me, tell me why not? 
Okay, so here's here's the thing. In my rankings, if you go on GG Intel and check my power rankings for the 10th to 6th, I tell you straight up, I don't think there's a 6th average team. They are not 6th in the conventional idea for me, the way I ranked every other team. I think they are so highly volatile that the range I was giving people is much more likely to be the case than what's whatever sixth tells you mm. so i think i have them from second to tenth or something because i still think whatever that happens in that roster they could they could literally wrestle brawl each other in the green room come out and just mm. still beat half the teams yes based yes. on the the talent they have there so they're never going to drop past 10th but like there's so much volatility in that Rasa, and I don't see a lot of de-escalating factors. Nope. So we're talking intangibles and it is not opaque to fans what we're talking about and this will likely also, unless someone feels the need to talk about it eventually, never be discussed. But uh, granted, they were still functional doing so. So again, you add Fissure, who now maybe we can argue is maybe a better individual player than Bumper. Um, possible, possibly. I'm not. I'm not even convinced on that. Um, but also has a tendency to not play through a season. Yep. Uh, um, and that is a big problem if you have only one main tank. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's the volatility I, I talk about, and of course, like it, it kind of it feels like we're now repeating talking points of all the other power rankings that also mentioned this issue this was already like independently of each other everyone comes to that like everyone who knows roughly what happened there comes to the conclusion that this is a powder keg right yes and we'll just have to see it's it, like it's it's not impossible that they are third or second totally yeah that is like it's still a very viable probability here. It is just how do you express that they're either tenth or second? For instance, how mm. would you rate rate that? Like, where would you put them in the power rankings if that's your belief? So, um, that's basically how I arrived at at this spot six. Um, also, of course, taking into account that they have some of the most trips. And I think trip in itself is like wasted practice time mm -hmm. and also a lot of miles, not the most, but a solid amount. Um, and combined with all of that together, it's just like a, a concoction of absolute chaos that could strike out positively and they finish second or they could they could seriously bottom out this season and i know that's that's almost like heretical to say for a team that looked so dominant last year but when you have everything points every little detail you have you know uh their their owner slash gm steve going out and saying that they value teamwork and and you know team play over every, a, a lot of other things they weigh very highly then you sign a player who has a history of not being a fantastic team player can that be fixed there's always that possibility but it wasn't fixed in london it wasn't fixed in gladiators it wasn't fixed in seoul why do you think you can do it right then you sign ryu Hong, who will probably never see play time over twilight ever 
maybe alongside of him if there there there's a meta that calls for double flex support sure i think that's fine can ruji hong be that glue guy behind the scenes maybe maybe i i i i, I find it very hard to believe that soul would let that person go another team yeah. another franchise that will shell out for people who are valuable if ruji hong was valuable why did they let him go just just like this is this is public knowledge like just like to think back Jae Hong was not a calming influence on Lunatic High whatsoever. No. He was the opposite from he, he's what a, he's we've a, heard. He's a rally and amp almost too much. Yeah. And if you have people that already are on edge due to travel, due to internal team struggles that have been going on for a while, again, I, I look at Tizzy and I go, hey, why is Tizzy being subbed in for playoffs? This is a very Fisher situation. Seems very Fisher-like, you know? You have uh, Bumper being removed going into playoffs. You have Fisher being removed going into playoffs. Now you have iRemix. Now you have Tizzy. Why is that? I don't think there's, there's, there's a... I don't think scrims make that up, right? There's, there's problems with this team that have not been properly addressed. I look at the coaching staff. I look at the management. How do you fix this team going into the midseason when they inevitably mess up and explode? I don't know. I think this is a team that starts out strong and probably halfway through the second Holden stand or the second whatever like uh, major travel, they sure. start falling off. The wheels start coming off the tracks. I mean, we know like uh, Pezian is not super highly spoken of. Um, I don't. I don't trust that the that the head coach right now is is in a position that he actually has full control over these super, oh no are, not at all. Are, are you know we'll, we'll call them superstars superstars yeah uh this now to defend them ever so slightly yes if they can avoid stepping on the landmines they have a star-studded roster that will brute force over a three. lot of teams they should finish top mm. three but yeah. the average is there you probably will step on a landmine with the advent of travel. Granted, we don't know what exactly what's going on with Asia, so that that could be playing in their benefit, to be fair. I don't think we've seen a single team yet in Overwatch League history that hasn't had a landmine to deal with. Exactly. So this is the team that has the strongest landmines. They have, you know, the 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 nukes hiding under the chessboard. And if they make one wrong move, there goes the dynamite, right? There goes the world. We've got a, uh, a mutually exerted destruction on every player. The whole thing goes up in smoke. And now we're 16th. That's a very real possibility. Also, odd season runaway. True. Not if, that if gonna, it's really realistically. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to be, you know, um, yeah. you know, reading the tea leaves, historically yeah. runaway is underperformed in, in odd season. So. Yeah, I also I I don't think uh, Janu's hero pool is wide enough either. Nope. Nope. See that I don't I don't know about that. I really do kind of. I, it's not that I disagree. I do kind of raise an eyebrow because he has played Wrecking Ball in the past. So is it is it the right heroes? I don't know. Possibly not. But but I do I do wonder if if we see Wrecking Ball if he doesn't start. I don't know. I don't know. If he doesn't start, yeah, like if he doesn't like start as like main tank, like if if it's gonna be like wrecking ball and like a flex tank, he could be that wrecking ball. Granted, we did see Fisher play wrecking ball for Soul, 
on some select control maps, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. You could put Soman two on Diva if there's like a Diva wrecking ball. I think he'd be fine at Diva. I, I, I it's tough. Um, people are talking about low, you know low hit scan. I agree. Stitches talk about washed. It's quite washed. Soman yeah. two again workhorse of the team. I think he's going to do whatever it takes to try and keep this team together. God bless him because um, he's he's got his work cut out for him. Twilight's a stud. Slime's a stud. Yeah. If if they can get Fisher to work again fantastic main tank but that is a tough task yep that's not a bet i want to take oh not at all i, I would bet that this team does especially poorly. with nothing the interesting thing is if this is what the roster looks like and there's nothing to uh there's no safety net right no, you know no, no, no. gladiators soul dynasty had a safety net where fissure's not working out we're gonna we're gonna make the change and they didn't, they, I mean, are, you know, they didn't do as well, but okay, let's see now if they, they didn't make that call, right? What's that going to look like? So, oh, I don't know. There you have it. Our 10 through six rankings. I think, um, I don't know if I have the image for our bottom 15 or not. I'll see if we've got it all together. Yeah, we do. Boom. There it is. Our bottom 15 right there for you. It's uh we're surprisingly more on the main page and I think or same page than I think most people developing power rankings kind of by committee coming in and debating them. Um makes sense. I mean we a bunch of uh sources or like reasons or reasonings like we talk about overwatch so weeks kind of model the game in a similar way i would assume so even last year we weren't that far apart it it makes sense in that regard we always have like one Um, or two teams that are just like way out there way more bullish way more bearish we also usually sober and not on dmt when we do our power rankings and have justice in midfield so got him looking at fusion at florida justice those are those are those are teams guys come on they are teams indeed thanks for hanging out chat you guys are great hope you had fun we'll be back with five through one i don't think the teams overall are very surprising but maybe the justifications will be uh let's go ahead and um get out of here big thank you for the episode uh Supporting the episode to our patron producers, Battle Crab, Made, Pin, Lotion, Charlie L, and Audio Compass. That's Charlie L and Audio Compass. New, new patron producer in Audio Compass. What else we got going on in Patreon world, Yiska? Uh, you catch me directly opening it. So, new patrons. Uh, I hope I have the right template. Yes, that, that's a, uh, <laughs> syntax. And Audio Compass, new patrons, uh, and is Audio Compass a new patron producer even? Yes. Oh, he checked in. $25 tier. Let's go. That's a tier three sub. That's, yeah, that's big. Pick up your own defense. Huge. uh, In the DMs. (laughs) Uh, Right. Yeah, the tactical crouch only fans. I think it's the first time we'd have to pay people to listen to the show. Joe shaved. He did. 
see visibly he manscaped dude manscaped needs to get on this podcast because we'd have some fire fire segments with manscaped what like as a sponsor we got like oh. manscaped as a sponsor do you guys have do you guys have manscaped in brand? germany no. yeah it's yeah. like a no it's like uh, okay. monthly we'll, we'll, we'll get into it later. yeah okay. <laughs> we, we could talk about that another okay. time five star itunes review joe what up we've got b ranger 04 thank you for leaving a review i wish you had a better name and simon the zealot uh you guys you need to be more creative simon you know i, I respect the starcraft that's nonsense. a good one come on that's not bad I mean, it's not bad <laughs> but i want joe, some i want joe, some like, nonsense like, zealot Nobody uses said word other than they played the StarCraft yes. game. I don't even know nope. what Zealot means. No, nope, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Dude, this might just be like a fanatic of some religion. It's possible. Hopefully not. I'm giving him the benefit Crouchism. of Crouchism. Become a Zealot of Crouchism. $25 into the go. Patreon. Sink it in. Well. I'm trying to think of different ways to say it now. I gotta. I can't think about it right now. I have to close out the show. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. We're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Big thanks to all the uh, subs and donations today. Uh, we had a lot. Pasta Dactyl, yes. Isam Jello, Enco, Yiska out with a hundred and four bits. Streisand. The MFG with 5, 10, 11, 12, like 13 gifted subs. Just out of control. Thanks so much. Thank you to all the new follows as well. Make sure to follow the show everywhere at Tactical Crouch on Twitter at Tactical underscore Crouch and Patreon at Patreon.com slash Tactical Crouch. Otherwise, you can listen to the show in its entirety on audio just by searching to it searching for it in any of your podcast feeds. So uh, we do upload, we kind of shorten up yep. the segments a little bit on YouTube. We, we shorten those up, put them out there. So they're a little bit easier to digest, but on the audio side of things, we just upload them in their entirety and get the full two hour and 15 minute episode, essentially the day we record it. So uh, if that's the way you want to consume it. Otherwise, uh, youtube.com slash kick tripod is where you can find those clips. And then afterwards, the full episode on video as well. We've been shortening it up, though. So um, thanks to everybody who's been tuning in for those and having great combos. Yiska, uh, you had a great article this week about Overwatch League teams going shopping. Definitely go Thank check you. that out. But what else you got going on? Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to produce some articles, uh, this week, two or three, and then hopefully a, an, 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 an announcement at the start of next month. We'll see. Oh, and of course, as soon as I feel secure in this meta stabilizing, I'll work on the Scrumbox stock exchange. Sweet. Joe, what about you, man? What do you got coming up with? What do you got coming up? So my, you know, fully fledged article power rankings um, will be probably going live tomorrow. Let's say it's a little late today, but uh, a big document, long 7K words, um, kind of detailing how I feel about each team. If you don't feel like listening to all of us, you know, jabber on. Um, that's that's going to be the home for any questions that people have as to how I've viewed this season going into it. 
um, how I viewed each team going into it. Um, it's all there, uh, along with some honorable mentions and um, you know wishful corrections I, I, I could have made. But all in all, um, yeah, that that's coming. Uh, I'm gonna kind of ramp up the storytelling aspect of things uh, going in. We're we're about less than two weeks off from the start of the 2020 season so it's uh time to get everybody excited about uh the stories of you know what what's what's to come oh yeah oh yeah as for me um i've been streaming a little bit more doing some like show prep and vod review stuff as i'm um, trying to kind of finish out my power rankings and keep up on top of everything overwatch league got a little extra time so i've been doing that so if you want to hang out twitch.tv slash kick tripod Otherwise, you can find me everywhere else at Kick Tripod. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Chat, thanks for hanging out. Have an awesome one. We'll see you next time. Episode 74 for our top five teams in Overwatch League.